How are you doing, just in general? Feeling good. Thanks for having me. Well, you have an interesting name, by the way, Noel. Yeah. Do you, do you know any history behind yeah, that? Yeah, so I, I don't know why it happened, but my birthday is on Christmas Eve. and um, You don't know why that happened? <laughs> no, but the thing is, I was born in Sri Lanka, right? And yeah. there's no it's French association. So I, I have no idea, like... Um, how my parents even thought of it, but yeah. Maybe they you know, sort of predicted that I'll end up in Canada. <laughs> yeah, or, or North America. Some, yeah, yeah. So we're here on the late summer edition of the Tamil Innovator Spotlight. My name is Ari, and we're just going to figure out what you're all about. So I could do a quick intro by myself. Yeah, uh, go, go for it. Hello. Uh, yeah. Hello, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm Noel Ketiraj, uh, founder, uh, CEO of uh, Maja. I was born in Sri Lanka and just like most uh, Tamils in the diaspora, I immigrated to Canada uh, because of the civil war and whatnot. So I guess I came here sometime in high school days, went to high school here, uh, did my undergrad at McMaster University in computer engineering. And after that worked in tech primarily. So most of my past life has been working at places like Motorola, Lenovo, mm -hmm. Google, and different, different um, development and product management type roles. Uh -huh. And at some some point, I kind of like got fed up, I guess, working too much in tech. Um, and then off, I went and did my MBA. Then after that, being a bit more entrepreneurial. So I launched, launched a company, a few companies, many failures. And then here we are with Maja, uh, the latest venture. There's always a lot of failures, right? I guess and it's uh, those are the lessons, I guess. Before you started all this, uh, going on your own per se, what was your favorite company to work in? So honestly, Google was amazing. And um, even though um, it was much later in my career, but it was still, it felt like I was just out of school and the energy, the environment. Um, it's, it's a totally different world. So. Do you feel like it's because they're tracking you and that's why you have to say that? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, I mean, I found that it's a very entrepreneurial company um, and they did not work with a lot of bureaucracy. So that allowed me to sort of grow and try things and fail and learn. and So I kind of, I think, saw firsthand what it could be mm -hmm. uh, to be an entrepreneur within a corporate structure. So tell me about your latest venture. So Maja is um, a technology-enabled label alternative. We are a management services company. We right. work with musicians um, that are of South Asian uh, descent um, globally. So um, the idea is we work with them uh, from an artist-centric manner, um, offering them label services, uh -huh. um, but do so while allowing the musicians to keep 100% uh, of the intellectual property they're creating. Wow, okay. So yeah. that's sort of the big uh, shift because traditionally in the industry, uh, the record labels take ownership of the masters, um, and then even though you may be a successful musician, for most part, you're not really monetizing. Um, so here we want to flip that. So we act as an artist-centric company that work as management and enable them to create music, put out music, um, and market it and the whole nine yards. And like I think you, you're well aware of the history with the master's fiascos with many artists, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, like North American style, TLC used to have that big problem, Taylor Swift just recently. Are there any um, other notables that you've... Like Mace is another example, right? Oh, yeah. um, um, and then uh, even uh, Megan Thee Stallion, for example. Like you see a lot of uh, outwards, you would see a lot of successful artists, but unfortunately they get into very bad deals, bad deals yeah. earlier on. And even when they blow up, you now somebody else is, um, uh, even, you know, 
lot of people don't know, Biggie wrote uh, many more uh, albums than he actually credited himself for because of the deal he had. Oh, so okay. like, because publishing wise, anything he wrote, uh, it was going to Bad Boys and Puffy. So essentially, he wrote stuff. Didn't want to put his name and let other musicians put their name so that at least they could monetize. Right, right. So I mean, in the West, it's been very widespread, but I think it's changing. Um, and the challenges there, obviously, uh, in India and among South Asians as well. So we are trying to focus on that um, demographic. Have you always been interested in music? Uh, I've been a fan. I grew up. Have been you know, a fan. A <laughs> I fan. listen to music. I, I you listen know? to music, <laughs> and uh, you know, I've been. Uh, throughout university days and stuff like that, we used to have house parties just for fun. I used to DJ and stuff like that. So it's always been like that. But from an industry perspective, it's something much later on um, with the current venture that I got into. So uh, you talk about, obviously, the current venture. Firstly, how did you come up with a name? So, okay, we were just brainstorming yeah. a bunch of ideas. And one of the artists, uh, Sean Vincent de Paul, is based out of Toronto. Yes, yes, yes. So we kind of like a lot of fans had, here, had, right? him, yeah, had him in the loop and we, he was throwing different ideas. And one concept he came up with is, uh, is that we used to be sort of a very magnificent civilization back in the days. Uh, right. The whole right. Indus Valley, the whole region. And then, uh, but now if you look uh, in India and surrounding areas, it's more or less looked upon as a developing um, yeah, third world sort of a country, right? So his whole idea was, why don't we bring the greatness back um, and go back to our glory days? So it was a play on words of uh, magnificent that sort of became Maja. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, let me know about your team. How did it get? How did your team get involved? So teams uh, essentially, again, we had common, you know, interest unrelated to whatever we are doing today. So um, uh, we always just, you know time to time talk about hey let's do something together but each of us had our um, you know ongoing engagements in different different areas uh, so when this opportunity came up uh, there was a meeting with um, um, ARR um, ARR so essentially there was you know we were supposed to meet him and then potentially present him some idea to yeah. see what he thought and That's awesome. uh, when that opportunity came we just came together literally because a few folks that had some common thread and you know there was a pitch deck that was put together so from like, something i enjoy because um, there was a short stint i had in investment banking where looking at net new industries and sort of analyzing challenges of the industries and what could be disruptive and that kind of stuff so when we looked at music so for me you know if you were to take a look at um, holistically among south asians yeah uh, what would make sense, what are some of the systematic challenges. And we saw that film and music in India were so intertwined and how that is creating a barrier for uh, talented artists to go unheard. So the idea was very simple, like why don't we create a parallel industry mm -hmm. and the infrastructure around it so the musicians could like, you know, like without relying on films, um, make their music yeah, out there. Yeah, because that seems to be the draw all the time, right? Exactly. Yeah. So, um, because it's done in the West, right? So why not try it in um, India, for example? Um, and that, that was a fundamental idea, and we pitched it to him, with, uh, with and then he totally loved it. And that was that. So we just then, off we went, and then next thing you know, uh, we released our first song, Enjoy Njami, uh, became a very viral sensation, like 430 million now, I think, in YouTube. Wow. So it's sort of, Changed the dynamics and landscape, and people now started taking notice as to, hey, you don't have to make music, and you don't, in terms of targeting films, and you could do so independently. 
Um, so yeah, like so that was sort of the first step, and since then we always tried to push the envelope a bit, go against the grain. Um, yeah, so it's been an exciting ride from that perspective. How would you pitch to me, or or just a fan, or just wh- why are you different, right? Like, yeah. So I think fundamentally, the advantage we have is we don't come from the traditional industry, so we are able to look at things uh, from an outside-in perspective. So we come up with ideas. That may look ridiculous and crazy for somebody who's been in the industry, right? Right. Uh, so fundamentally, we allow the musicians to own their masters. Yeah. At the end of the day, like that's something um, you know fundamentally a big shift from the traditional industry. Second, we also give complete creative control to the artists. Like a lot of the times, labels will try to influence the content. Um, oh, definitely. With, yeah. Right. Whether it is altering words or whatever it may be, right? And they add a ghostwriter, right? What, yeah. <laughs> so in our case, we try to, we would provide the support, we provide the guidance where needed, but at the same time, fundamentally, we want the artist to express themselves uh, and at the end of the day, become an extension of the artist rather than being somebody who controls the artist, right? So because we believe our business model relies on the artist being successful. Like we don't make any money unless the artist is monetizing. Um, that's also something fundamentally different. Like a typical record label uh, would invest in an artist is more like a loan, right? And then even though the artist may go on to become successful, the label may start making money way before the artist is paid anything right. back, right? Yeah. Versus in our case, um, we essentially want to maximize revenue and monetization for the artist. And as a percentage of that, we would monetize. So we are motivated to maximize it for the artists that we work with, right? And then we believe if the artist is successful, then we will be successful. Do you feel like the industry in general is uh, is like a high tide and it's raising all the boats, so you being one of the boats? Or do you yeah. feel like it's going in a different direction? So I think what we did was um, probably many people thought we were crazy, right? Um, because, <laughs> yeah. like, you know, like... I know uh, that game. So when that happened, it's like people didn't know what was going on, why we were doing it. So, but following what we did with Enjoy and Jami, there was a lot more money that went into uh, non-film music. Um, people started investing, making music videos that were much more grand, uh, started having audio launches and stuff like that. So literally what we did kind of allowed some of the other players to come in and add into the ecosystem, which is exactly what we were looking for. And same thing with you know television stations and radios and whatnot. Um, you know, when we were talking about Enjoy and Jami, getting a non-film song played on radio in India was like a big deal because unless it's a movie, uh, they had a very limited airtime for it. Now that's yeah. all changed. And part of that is also now the content quality has gone up. Even though you had a lot of talent, ultimately you need some financial back- backing and investment, right? And that results in the content that comes out. So. Uh, historically, you know, independent musicians were struggling to get the resources they need, but I believe that's slowly changing, which leads to getting better uh, output, which now everyone in the ecosystem is trying to, you know, grab and appreciate. So, I feel like I know a little bit about the music industry, and I know some people watching may yeah. not. So even I'm getting a, a good lesson in it. It's I mean, it's a lesson for me too, right? Like every day we are learning. We are, we go do very ambitious stuff. Um, and often, intentionally, we go against the grain. Um, because our whole view is, if you do it what everyone else is doing, then probably there's no point, because it's been done. And there's a reason there are some other structural challenges. So we intentionally 
go and challenge the status quo for lack of a better word mm-hmm. um try to do experimental things and again like we try and not everything works out but you know what works out we end up you know jumping a bit further ahead and moving everyone around us up a notch right do you uh speaking about going against the grain doing things that are crazy what do you think your biggest win is so far like if you were to rank uh, yeah, so are I there mean, specific situations or yeah so i think yeah, with maja like we were very blessed in a sense that everything from you know ar oman saying yes to kind of being part of the team um to enjoy enjami how you know it became like a viral sensation um and there was a lot of firsts we did in the industry right but i would still say uh, enjoy enjami was probably a major major milestone for us and the artists involved because that essentially became a halo and uh, opened up doors for everyone and then even for us being a young company it gave us that ammunition we needed um because our ambition like whatever we want to do and what we done uh we have a long way to go but at the same time as a startup uh, you're trying to scale and you are going up against like multi billion dollar companies you need some uh, backing right you need some proof points and having that song become a major hit out of the gate was uh you know huge for us so i would say that's probably uh the biggest win for us well now i got to flip that right what do you think the next well, question is yeah yeah <laughs> what's the worst thing i mean we are obviously uh learned a lot um and i think that's part of the game right i mean if things go perfectly i would say we're not trying hard enough so um so it's you know i am not bothered bothered by things going wrong but i would say one thing is though us being canadian and going into a new market um like we are so used to being transparent and uh, you know being very upfront about stuff and sharing too much but people <laughs> yeah. who are used to yeah, yeah p- people who are used to like you know getting screwed and like a lot of you know lack of transparency and stuff like that even when we have good intentions like it's very hard for people to grasp that like it's like they're suspicious right they're like why why are these guys doing this right that's true right so it, like it makes no sense right so there was a huge um element when it came to education and um you know just like repeatedly retraining whatever we are trying to do and why we are doing what we are doing right um so i would say that was probably the, one of the biggest lessons is that first we need to bring people up um kind of share with them our ethos and values and help them understand um few things as foundation before we could start kind of pulling them in right because people are skeptical always even your intentions may be uh, good so that that's something we learned along the way if i were to meet you in the elevator you know famous elevator pitch yeah. how how would you you got two sentences how many well, is and are you an artist or are you uh, it depends right because <laughs> the problem with maja is is more of like a movement that's where i'm getting that yeah right so you know i guess it's difficult to pitch uh without sort of knowing who you are as my audience but assuming you are an artist like yeah. it would be more or less hey you know come work with us uh, uh we want to uh, take what you are doing as an artist to the next level while allowing you to have complete creative control and keep your you know ownership of ip and would love to you know talk further and something like that well it's great cuz i got my mixtape all right there you go there you go <laughs> uh so yeah like i mean that's that's also what's exciting about maja like essentially we are disrupting um 
at least three different traditional verticals. Um, there was the traditional artist management as a service. You have record labels providing label services, and you have sort of experiences like from like live events and whatnot, right? So what we've done is taking an artist-centric approach and kind of cross, you know, cutting across horizontally. Um, so it kind of is a blend of all these things. So at a given point, we may be talking to an artist, we may be talking to somebody who's a distributor, somebody who's a brand manager. Um, so that's why, like, you know, elevator pitch, like, totally depends on who I'm, you know, if you are a brand manager. That's true. It totally doesn't make any it, sense. It was a loaded question, yeah. but I'd love to see where people go with it, right? Yeah. Uh, sometimes you want to explore their brain, and I guess that's what this is about. <laughs> so, Ed, um, what do you listen? Who do you listen to right now? Personally, like yeah. I'm a big hip hop fan. Like I always been, right? Um, so, like one thing I'm still searching is because I grew up in the whole Biggie, Tupac, Sebastian, Jay Z, like that era, right? So, like I'm still searching and always looking at experimental musicians. Uh, so, JPEG Mafia is somebody I'm a big fan of. Um, so I, I appreciate artists who are trying things outside of their comfort zone. Because if you're smart enough, right, you could figure out what sells and what people are listening to, and you could try to do something similar. But then you also know that um, that's not going to be it's not sustainable. sustainable, right? Yeah. So the ones that go on to do great things often would figure out something experimental. So personally like you know i spend all of my fridays basically listening to like net new and lot totally unheard artists uh so jpeg mafia i'm a big fan of uh, and also i'm still searching for like sort of like a female mc i guess like you know like the likes of little kim or like a foxy brown very <laughs> hey, the like, precursors <laughs> of uh you know um all the uh, like Megan stallion exactly or, right uh or so, cardi b and then even before that you know Car cardi b's uh and nemesis yeah why exactly. am i forgetting her name right now what's her name? Nicki Minaj. Nicki Minaj. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they all obviously come from come, those two. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So yeah, like so it's kind of because one of the latest stat I saw, like uh, every day now you have sixty thousand songs coming out every day. So the whole discovery process of how you is it really sixty thousand songs yeah, every that's day? That's the latest data Holy. from Spotify. Yeah, two years ago it was twenty thousand. So that's why it's that's much right. streaming, and then also that makes it easy now. Digital makes it makes anyone. Um, become an artist, right? It's, you don't have to now go into an expensive studio, do a lot of, you know, cost prohibitive things. Now you could, with a laptop and a basic microphone, like, you know, you could put out an album, right? We can mumble rap for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you do mention the indie creator a lot. And uh, I guess uh, if, if someone was an indie creator right now watching this, yeah. how would they elevate themselves? You mentioned technology is easy now. It's accessible. Yeah. What's the next step? If they can't meet you in an elevator, yeah. how would they rise to So that? one thing I keep telling people is, right, like, because we focus on South Asians, so I'll kind of throw out some numbers. Go, so yeah, in yeah. India alone, you have like a billion plus people, right? Easily. And, and if you say 10% of them would have some level of musical interest, that's still you're talking about 100 million people. 100 million, yeah. Right? Then you bring it down to like one percent. That's still ten million who I would say are probably professionally trained or some level of music knowledge. So now you bring it down to point one percent. That's still one million people who I would say are, you know, above average. You bring it down to hundred thousand. I would argue uh, people of the caliber of a Beyonce or like a top, you know, um, 
East A star from the West, right? Mm -hmm. So that's the numbers and the volume we're talking about. What this means is one of the common challenge for um, South Asians in general is you grow up watching movies. So you have this structure in front of you where somebody acts in the movie, somebody writes the lyrics, and often the singers are just singing, right? So you have like three people involved when you look at a song. What that means is now when you're growing up, you know, you go to music class or whatever, but then you're focused on becoming a good singer. Uh, so what I encourage people to do is now, that's great. Now, what else can you do besides singing, right? Because again, the numbers I'm talking about, there will be a lot of great singers, right? So how do you differentiate yourself? Like, are you able to write? You don't have to write perfectly, but are you able to write something? Are you able to do some basic composition and stuff like that? So I am always encouraging people try to do more than um, one aspect of making music. Um, second is just like going to the gym. You have to put in the work yeah. and keep doing it because I don't uh, buy the excuse that you know they don't have the resources to record stuff because again, I am happy with somebody just recording on a phone, right? No one is talking about content that's perfectly recorded and mixed and mastered. I'm talking about just uh, keeping up with um, creativity and actually doing things on a day-to-day, -day, at least week-to-week -week basis. You gotta exercise your muscles. Right, yeah. so because um, that's one of the challenges I see as well. Of course, you know, people, before they get into music full-time, you know, you would do other jobs and things like that, but it comes down to priority. Mm -hmm. So even if you work Monday to Friday, Saturday, Sunday, if you can't find time to do something, right, um, then that's the first thing I would challenge, right? Because again, I'm talking about sheer numbers and that's these, these numbers I'm talking about are not made up. Like we were just in India, like, you know, the talent you see, like, it's like crazy. So how do you stand about them? Uh, and more than that, you know, it's a discovery process, right? Because uh, as an artist, you are constantly learning and trying to figure out your sound and so on. So you can fast track that by yeah. literally, you know, doing the work. You don't have to worry about releasing it. You don't have to worry about spending money to perfect it. So you just keep doing it. And then at some point, you know, you may realize, okay, you know what, this particular track actually has some traction based on feedback. You're yeah, getting. yeah. Then you do something with it, right? So that that's a common thing I tell folks. And then I also like, even though I may not respond to people, but like there's a lot of emails and you know, messages come my way and I go through them and everything. I sort of like keep tabs on people uh, when somebody keeps sending me stuff, right? Over time, it also shows me that they're committed to the craft and despite their challenge. So I'm then thinking about opportunities that may be a fit and reach out. Just think about all of the, you know, there's that joke about, um, you know, if you feel bad about yourself, at least you're not the, the one person from your town still trying to be a rapper. <laughs> <laughs> this is good advice to the, anyone who's trying. Right? So like, yeah, I think, um, I mean, it's not too bad here, but like, yeah, definitely like everyone sort of at some point wants to do something, right? That's um, in the music industry or whatever, like, you know, and the ones who stick with it, um, you see that eventually they figure out their way. Uh, but obviously it's not like, you had to have various elements come together and the appropriate support system. But fundamentally, at least you should give it all you got um, to see if you have what it takes, right? Like if, yeah, you, if yeah. you don't... If you, if, yeah. yeah. I mean, you as someone who represents some of the artists could already tell if you're working with someone, hey, you're not really 
giving like, it I mean, all, right? I am not, because it's not like I am, I could create anything, right? So only thing I could do is, hey, listen, like, this is what I see in people who have gone on to do great things, right? right? Uh, have you thought about it or are you doing something like that, right? Because I don't think it's fair to judge an artist against another um, because everyone is different. But at the same time, like the work ethics, the hustle, those things uh, you could definitely pick apart. You mentioned a lot about how you are trying to be a disruptor in the industry. Maybe not the the leader of that because you never know who the leader is yeah. and that's the whole point. Where do you see the technology with within music going in the next five years and how would you be involved in that? So for us, uh, when we launched Maja, like fundamentally tech was going to play a huge part because actually like personally and few of us in the team, we came from the tech background, right? Yeah. And to do what we are doing at scale, tech will play a huge, huge part. Uh, where music is heading and the whole industry as a whole, mm -hmm. there are a lot of issues in terms of um, contracts, enforcing contracts, collection um, of royalties and things like that. So from that perspective, I think blockchain will play a huge role, right? Um, in terms of smart contracts and so on. So eventually... And also like fair distribution of royalties collected and you know tracking and collecting royalty, all those things, right? So there's that side of it. Um, similarly, ticketing, for example, again, uh, the secondary market for tickets is a multi-billion dollar industry. And that's all pocketed by like scalpers, yeah. right? And none of that flows back to the event promoters or the artists. So I think again, from a ticketing perspective, um, using technology like NFT, um, which is funny because most people kind of crap on NFTs because yeah. they think, oh, for the art world, some it's just world. some yeah. garbage. Yeah. Or why would I want a GIF or own a GIF of something that's existed for 10 years? Yeah, but there's a utility side of it, right? And essentially, I think that would eventually become um, a major, major piece of how events are run, how tickets are sold. This way, when tickets exchange hands, there's still flow back of some of that back to the original promoters or creators or whatever, right? Yeah. So yeah. from that side, from Maja perspective, like what we would want to do is enable like a self-serve model hmm. uh, where pretty much whatever we are doing, high touch, bringing that learning back into um, sort of a algorithmic way um, and anyone who is part of the platform and ecosystem leveraging that, right? And then essentially playing the role of like a matchmaker um, fully digitally, right? Um, so that's sort of, the vision because whatever we are doing high touch, it's to figure out how we could do things better differently so that we could eventually roll it down into a self-serve model with technology. Okay. What does a high touch mean? High touch is like, for example, when you work with an artist, like um, relationships interpersonally, you're working with them. Um, so more of a, you know, one-to-one -one personal. One-to-one -one yeah, personal, okay. yeah. right? So now how do we now, because that's not scalable, right? <laughs> Yeah, you can't scale one to so, one. Right? But then we if you know that, okay, like these are some of the key attributes and processes or frameworks that we are applying, you could create that digitally and then now somebody else should be able to go through a journey on a platform where they nudged along, for example, versus somebody uh, physically making a phone call. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned the, the concert thing. I remember reading an article really recently actually where they say, that concert tickets are actually undervalued, mm, but they yeah. can't charge more because it there's would no be, way to, yeah. there's no way a, a regular fan would be able to go, which is, is interesting. Exactly. And I know a lot of the people, again, who, who are following you might not understand blockchain 
or smart contracts or how NFTs might play a role, but those are actually huge to the music industry, especially sure. concerts, like you said, tickets. And if anyone wants to research that, obviously they should go ahead because that's kind of the next thing. It's not really the art market per se, because that's what gets all the news right yeah. now. But when when we see how blockchain will scale itself. From a utility perspective, yeah. for sure. And again, like these are still, there's a lot of negativity around these technologies, it's, right? It's in its infancy anyway. So, so. Uh, over time, uh, definitely. And then, yeah, like I think, because at the end of the day, for an artist, live events is that is the that's bread the and way. butter. That's the way, right? Yeah. So, how do you maximize that, right? And ticketing, if a lot of money is left on the table because of secondary sales, uh, capturing that would go a long way in you know making the artist that much more successful. I think if you sell uh, your merch that's very <laughs> like abstract like that, I mean. You know, you got the elephant going. So you, got, the, yeah, you got like the you got the tiger, obligatory yeah. tiger, I guess. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but uh, hey, uh, merch, right? Like that's yeah. one of the biggest things. I remember going to a Beyonce concert, and, and like at the end, it was a mad scramble just to get those uh, those shirts oversized, for my wife. Oversized faded like t-shirts. Actually, we, luckily we got a small <laughs> for my wife, okay. and it was great. And um, um, hopefully, I can rebuy another one on the aftermarket just to continue it because you know that's gonna fade over time. Yeah. Um, no, it was for the Formation Toro, cool. I don't know, 2014, I don't know, whatever. Mm. I really want to just go back to this AR story and yeah. like how that happened. Like, how did he respond to you? Like, what was the inception of that? So literally, like, I mean, through, um, you know, one of our uh, team members, like we had a meeting set up with him because of prior relationship and we showed up. And the joke is like, whenever like he's gone, you know, they eat biryani and then like go home. Nothing happens, right? Because like <laughs> AR, AR loves biryani. Right? Is, is so, that like some joke that everyone knows or? Like, I mean, it's an inside joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's like, every time he goes and then they, they have today. a great time and, but then eat some biryani with them and then nothing comes out of it, right? So <laughs> this time, same thing, you know, when we said, okay, we want to meet with you. He's like, okay, come over for lunch and we go and there's biryani, right? So he sits with us, we're eating uh, and then having a good time. And uh, the first time I personally met him, Actually, uh, yeah, first time. And then when the, uh, you know, lunch was done, we sat in a room and then we went into, we literally put together like a pitch deck going over like what we saw as some of the systematic challenges and how we believe, um, you know, Maja would disrupt that and make it better for the artist. Oh. So obviously we were nervous and, you know, we didn't know how he was going to react. And at the end of it, he loved it. Absolutely. He was like, you know, he said, I think it was the exact words. So I was waiting all my life for something like this. And Whoa. Like, Damn. Yeah. So there's like, nothing more than like this. Yeah, right? yeah, it was like crazy, right? So, That's and cool. then, and then he is like, one thing about him, he moves so fast. I had no idea where he gets the time. Um, so yeah. we were talking and then right away he's like, you know what, we got to get MIA involved. And then he, you know, called MIA, right? And then she answers. She's like, you know, so right there during, right, the yeah. And then she starts. She talks to her and everything. So it's cool. Uh, pretty much, you know, that's how we ended up connecting with her as well. And then for Yal Fest, which is a festival like we want to do, she was super excited about being a curator and stuff like that. So yeah, it's sort of organically happened that way. And uh, um, so yeah, when there's an opportunity to have Briani. Do not, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I hope he liked it from wherever you got it from. I guess he knows all the good spots, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, <laughs> it, that's one thing about India, right? Like, when it comes to food, like, um, you know, like, there's so many options. So, uh, yeah, it was, it was good biryani, not going to lie. <laughs>
I'm just taken aback by like that's that's crazy that you get to sit in a room and eat with them for one thing. Yeah, and just talk shop, obviously, and then call someone else that's famous. It's like exactly the the dream, basically. No, no, for sure. Like, and then for us, like, it was we we're trying to do a pitch, and then here we're asking him to be a co-founder. Yeah, and, yeah. And a lot of us grew up to his music. And of course, we massive fans, right? So it was like '90s music, definitely man. like a uh, big, big, uh, you know, moment for us. And yeah, that's why it's like a lot of these things, like. Uh, you know, as I was telling you, right? Like, I had built different different companies before, and um, they've all had different different challenges, right? So, in case of Marja, at least how we came um, together and how we launched it, and the traction, I never seen an inbound machine like this where, like, like we somehow we know based on the <laughs> reaction and what's happening around us, okay, we are on the right track. Because a lot of the times you work your ass off and like you're doing anything and everything and then you feel like you keep you know butting head with the wall right right yeah so um yeah that, that's something definitely i feel uh that's different with maja that's why i'm extremely optimistic about what to come and so oh well, there you go you're, you're leading me right here you're like <laughs> yeah. what, what is to come what do you see yours where do you see maja um years? so i think again we go back to what can we do for the artist mm -hmm. to elevate them and there's obviously the fundamental infrastructure type work that needs to be done and we'll continue to do that uh, but we also focusing on South Asian artists um, always ask the question you know like how can we elevate as many of them to the global stage right because we just talked about AR Rahman and MIA as Which two of are already there yeah the two people the new ones. for a billion plus people those are the two you know recognized names you would um, uh, see right in the global stage who's going on to do like great things so we always want to get artists involved and figure out ways where there could be more of those more and more artists in that conversation in that caliber so a lot of uh, you know global collaborations we are looking at so east to west collaboration so we kind of look at ourselves as a hub uh -huh. where um, just like there are artists in india and among the diaspora that we are working with and trying to bring them out to the mainstream global stage equally there are artists in the west who are established you know the likes of drake and so on who want to go in india right and india is a beast it's like almost like a country of countries so there's a sweet spot there where we would like to play a role so we are doing uh, quite a few projects that um, you know we'll hear more about uh, where a lot of collaborations with major artists in the west um, and also introducing some of the concepts that are taken for granted in the west like sync licensing uh, for movies um, in in um, India as well, given the number of movies and how massive that industry is, there's a massive opportunity there as well to mm -hmm. kind of change the structure of how music is placed in movies. Um, so yeah, we are working on some exciting things. Uh, you know, hopefully in the coming months we'll uh, you know let uh, public know more about it. It's like I want to ask a million questions, but you can't uh, tip your yeah, hat to a lot yeah, of them, like, right? <laughs> but you know, I am super excited, like because of the. It's like being in studio sessions with the best from the east, with best from the west, and you kind of. Uh, There's nothing like that feeling, probably. Not right? another feeling, right? And uh, and then a lot of the lot of the things we're doing, um, being done for the first time, or the type of collaboration. So it's super exciting to be part of that. Um, and something we are proud of and look forward to sharing. That's awesome. Who's your uh, Who's your dream collaborator right now? <laughs> I mean, personally, though, I mean, it wouldn't make any sense, but personally, I'm a big fan of Jay-Z, right? 
I, I mean, he's semi-retired. Yeah, right? exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, but you know, I, I still, you know, for if, as a, um, you know, MC, like I think he is um, arguably one of the greatest, right? So, I'm a big fan. So, if there's a, ever a project to do something with him, like, you know, that would be a dream come true. But that's more of a personal, personal level, of course. Right? Of course. Hey, personal, professional, it's all yeah. intertwined. You know, yeah. like you're only here because of that. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> interest and passion i guess well thank you for talking with us man it was uh super it's good to meet when people think of tech or innovation they don't think of music they don't think of anything artistic no exactly yeah, yeah. that's why even a lot of the people get shocked and surprised that hey like people don't know who's behind maja and when they hear about us even that's one of the thing with arr as well like what he liked about us and is proud of is the fact that you know we are all these immigrants who kind of escaped some civil war and then sort of like didn't give up, right? Mm -hmm. So he he is very uh, much appreciative of that and, you know, really some something that he keeps telling others. So, um, and even for us, like what we are up against is it's not easy. Uh, we have a long way to go, but it's something um, we hope um, would be um, exciting for many and something that will make uh, many more follow down the path of, picking up music uh, as a career and go into this direction instead of being a doctor or lawyer or engineer, you know? Hey, maybe they can be both, right? <laughs> yeah, you could be an engineer and become a musician. Yeah, why not? <laughs>